Welcome to the other side of faith-based think tank in podcast form. Hi, I'm your host, Evan, and I'm here once again with my wonderful co-host in crime, Erin. <laughs> hello, and, everyone. Hello, everyone. And today we're talking, we're going to take a walk into the world of cinema, uh, the world of Marvel, to be exact. And yes, you have guessed it. We are entering the kingdom of Wakanda. Wakanda forever! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wakanda forever! Wakanda forever. Today on the other side, we want to talk about the Black Panther. Yeah. Directed by, yes, Ooh, boy. Which is that he's another young gun. We got another, yes. In fact, yes, he is. In fact, we want to highlight what we think are some of its true superpowers. And we have been so excited to have this talk. And we are welcoming, well, I... I will let you formally introduce her, Evan, because we are so excited about our young gun today. So go ahead. Yeah, I absolutely will. And um, today we have with us Amanda Hall. Now, let me give you go her. Go, Amanda. Yeah, go, Amanda. <laughs> let me give you her bio. I got to take a real deep breath. It's going to take some, it's going to take oh, some, no. gotta take some breaths, right? Okay, Amanda Joyce Hall, to be exact, is a joint PhD student in the Department of History and the Department of African American Studies. She specializes in 20th century U.S. history and concentrates on transnational anti-racist struggles, particularly the anti-apartheid movement. Is it apartheid or apartheid? Uh, either. Uh, either way movement. you prefer. Good. Her research intersects with discourses on human rights, uh, global civil society, international institutions, and education in history. Amanda holds master's degrees. <laughs> master's degrees in international and world history from Columbia University and the London School of Economics, where she wrote her dissertation on the international student anti-apartheid movement, uh, which was in South Africa, obviously. She also has earned a master's degree in education from Fordham University in New York City, where she was a special education teacher for the Department of Education. Amanda received her A.B. in Classics and International Studies from Dartmouth College in 2011. She is from Chicago, Illinois, from Chi-Town. Welcome, Amanda. (laughs) Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. It's a pleasure to be here um, and discussing such an important film um, for our, definitely for our generation. But beyond that, I'm interested in how historians are going to go back and and look at Black Panther, how they're going to interrogate it as a piece of, like, a, as a cultural artifact that speaks to this moment in time. Ooh, well, maybe we can get you to do a little yeah, pre-interpretation. Well, <laughs> well, let me let me say this before we jump into that. Um, speaking of just Africa, I just thought it'd be important to just give a shout out to Winnie Mandela. Am I saying that right? Madikizela. Madikizela. Yes. Winnie. I, I know it's Winnie Mandela, but Winnie Madikizela Mandela. Um, and uh, you know, we just lost. I saw a. a uh, a um a caption went on a on a picture of her when she passed saying a tree has fallen so mm, certainly that has yeah. happened and we just yeah. want to give honor to her as as plus especially as we're going to get into right. gender uh images and equality mm-hmm. images in black panther and the power of black women there so my first question to start off the discussion is first of all why is black panther so important what's your take on sort of just just it as a cultural artifact in this moment? 
And let me say this real quick before I even get into answer that. One, what's really <laughs> cool is you are in, you're researching transnational right. anti-racist movements. So right. you, you get your hand in Africa and you get your hand in the yeah. U.S. history. So this is going to be cool here. We're all, we're all like waiting to hear what you have to say. I think actually, too, Evan, you and I should answer that question first and then just give her the floor. Okay. Because I think our I answers are really short. Okay, my... Well, you start because I, you start with your short answer and I'll give one because there's okay. different layers. Okay. Um, and the question is, just to repeat, for our listeners, why is Black Panther important now, right? That's the mm-hmm. question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think because of the current climate, because of our current administration, that um, that is very important to celebrate Black culture, Black excellence, uh, black manhood, uh, black community, and, uh, you know, seeing ourselves on screen in a very positive, uh, purposeful way, and to see it being celebrated, not just because when I went to see Black Panther, I'd say 10% of the audience was African American. Everybody else, maybe 80% was uh, Caucasian, and then the other 10% was, you know, it, it ran the gamut. So I loved seeing us celebrated, our story celebrated by other people, um, because a, a lot of it, of course, was um, indicative to our community, but it still was a, a story about our common humanity and things that we all struggle with. So we've been told for years that, you know, that our story is unique to us, which sort of undermines our humanity and the great human connection. And so I enjoyed seeing everybody see it and everybody relate to it and everybody cheer and all of those things. I want to say something about gender equality too mm-hmm. in it. And, and I, I did say my answer was going to be quick, huh? You okay. did, you did. <laughs> uh, what, what was important because I think that it was just Im- implicit and implied the gender equality, it didn't have to, it wasn't pronounced. It was just there. It was a, a way of life. And so I enjoyed seeing that. Okay. Now I'm done. Wow. Now, I, now I'm going to try to say one thing, and because there's okay. so much I can say. I love definitely the sense I felt of community. It was building uh, in the culture, given how um, black people are, black men, black women, particularly in this political p- climate, are being attacked, are being uh, devalued. So I think it brought a, a sense of, I love, and I talked about this with you, Erin, the sense of value that was added to people of color, that whole idea of, and I was watching something that talked about that value of Wakanda, how that value is kind of hidden in plain sight. So that mm-hmm. really appealed to me about it. You know, you see people around posting Wakanda, you see it doing well. I think it's just surpassed to Titanic as a movie. That stuff's important to me. Because uh, so, I'm actually, in the, we're both actually in the film and television industry, which mm-hmm. is sort of, so we, we, we're a little biased when it comes to uh, seeing sort of, the success of Black, Black Panther, seeing it being successful on a lot of different levels also, and I'm keeping this short, also <laughs> with uh, that that myth about black movies not being um, um, viable sort of in the international marketplace. Even though it, it is a Marvel movie, the fact that it's cast by really no major black stars and no major white stars to sell it and do so well, I think uh, speaks volumes to to at least some level of curiosity in the audiences when it comes to black people. So that's why I think it's important. Yeah. No, I think that these are excellent observations, and uh, they're some of the same ones that I myself share. Um, I certainly believe that the cultural climate um, is 
like critical for for thinking about this movie and for looking for some sort of like success story um, in, in the face of so many so many things that are, you know, out to destroy us or just out to, like, demoralize us in different ways. Mm-hmm. We need a story of success, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and this this is one of those. Um, the reason that I—another reason that I would add as to why I think that this is important is because um, it, it creates—it um, does two things in terms of thinking about the past and thinking about— the African, the past of the African diaspora, thinking about African American past, Caribbean past, um, and African past. Um, the first is that it creates a sort of um, a sort of um, like a like. So, so I was okay. So let me start it like this. I, I studied classics, mm-hmm. um, which is something very obscure um, for a girl from the South Side of Chicago to go to like Dartmouth and study. It's pretty much the history of like Western like intellectual traditions and like the Western mythical past. Mm-hmm. So you know, looking at all these like Greek gods and Romans and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and um, we don't see any of our narratives reflected in that. And I think that what kind of fills that kind of void, it gives a, an alternative to this like Western um, Roman or Greek tradition of um, of mythology, of just like of imagining greatness um, in a way that's not uh, connected to any kind of like Western notions, right? So I think that that's important. The other part of it is that it's. It's a cathartic, it's a cathartic movie, cathartic, mm-hmm. in the sense that it tries to bridge this relationship between African Americans and Africans, this this age old relationship that was severed because of violence and iniquity, and just in years of uh, horrible things, you know, genocide, rape, enslavement. Um, but it, it tries to like give some kind of closure to that, or at least like begin the discussion of figuring out how to like think about. The rupture that happened mm-hmm. that created I think modernity. It definitely, I agree. It definitely begins the discussion. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that those are the two like critical things. It's like giving this new past or presenting pre- presenting like a supernatural past, mm-hmm. right? Um, that I don't otherwise see, or I don't otherwise see a popular one. I will say mm-hmm. because there are there are ones like people have pasts, people have traditions, and and stories that are handed down to them, but. Um, creating a generalized one for all Afro-diasporic people, I think, is something that is a or it's a new iteration um, that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And the second part is back to this like idea of healing and mending this rupture. Mm-hmm. We can think about Black Panther also in the context of a number of Im- other important movies that have come out in mm-hmm. the last two years, right? So mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. um, Hidden Figures. There's Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. There was Selma. Yeah, there Get was out. Get Out. There was Birth of a mm-hmm. Nation. Um, mm-hmm. So how to think about it in sort of like that lineage of black movies or black films or films that are, are centering black characters. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, how should we think about it? How should we place it? I think is another important you know, thing to think because all those movies do different things. Mm-hmm. And we all yeah. have had very different reactions mm-hmm. to each of those movies. But we should also place it in this sequence, I think. I think, well, because the movies are such different genres and speak to such different things, they each would warrant really their own podcast and really their own discussion. Mm-hmm. I think in general terms, what we can say about it is that in many ways, it's giving a voice to our pain, mm-hmm. giving a voice to our struggle, giving a voice mm-hmm. to um, 
appropriation and many other things that different like that get out speaks to versus hidden figures Mm -hmm. but getting back to black panther and what you were sharing um i didn't notice and and i want to make sure because you said um a lot and you were talking about i'm just going to paraphrase that um this film represented sort of um african culture in a way, I mean, not that you can completely, fully, you know, embody it in a in a two hour film that in one film, but them, it, right? it tried to do because I, I started reading, you know, a, sort of the backstory about it, and obviously they chose to pick different aspects from different regions mm-hmm. and different countries in mm-hmm. Africa because many people, you know, it's it's sort of a misnomer to me in America that people talk about. Africa as if it's a country and not a continent. <laughs> and so uh, it is a continent with different countries and different ways of thinking and believing. D- different and, languages, you know, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, what I think he tried to do, um, or at least what he said he attempted to do when I read interviews with Ryan as well as, and I can't think of the sister's name who was the set designer. She was awesome. Um, wonderful woman. Uh, I know she's going to be nominated, okay. but uh, she tried to pick different <laughs> aspects from different regions. Hmm. And is that what you were saying when you were saying that it, it sort of tried to embody the whole of it in different ways? Or oh, um, uh, actually, no, that's not that's not exactly what I meant. I actually thought that that was one of the more problematic aspects of of the film is okay. the way that Africanness okay. is portrayed. Um, but. Yeah, so, like, the way Africanist is portrayed as though it is... I mean, I did not do the research that you did into this, so I okay. had no idea that... that um, <laughs> they, they deliberately did that. That they drew from, <clears throat> from numerous cultures yeah, to create... Did. They went to different regions. Mm-hmm. Evan and I will tell you, when you're doing a film, you get a certain amount of time, and you have somebody who comes in, and they're going to do a certain amount of research. If you're doing one set area, and this is, of course, too, an imagined place. There is no So you can create what mm-hmm. you want. And so what they chose to do, which you found problematic, but I, mm-hmm. I understood and, 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 and it was okay with me that they chose to take different pieces out of different cultures and different regions mm-hmm. in the continent. Even, it's funny, even because I've, I've, I've um, done, um, it's funny several different African dialects as an actor. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done Ugandan, mm-hmm. I've done Kenyan, I've done South African, mm-hmm. I've done Nigerian, and they're all a little different, mm-hmm. you know? And I've heard, and even in some of that, I've I heard in some of the uh, dialects some differences mm-hmm. that people were using different regions, mm-hmm. you know? But I think the, the primary one they were using was South Africa mm-hmm. was, uh, what they call it, Osa, is that how they say Osa. it? Osa. Osa, yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. said it right. You said yeah, it better yeah, than yeah. me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that was deliberate. I love. I want to get back to, um, and it, it kind of tied this into. I think uh, what Erin, um, you wanted to talk about a little bit was just black identity. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, um, yes, and, yes. and especially, especially because you've done a lot of research. It's funny, I meant to ask you this. You there's a specific reason why that you just, you wanted to link your research to U.S. history and anti-racist struggles, mm-hmm. and specifically. African, specifically South Africa. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. obviously you were be, you've been thinking about this link for a while. Yeah. Why? Um, so that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, in the, you know, um, okay, so South Africa for, during the, 
I mean, for, for a long time, even before 1948, when apartheid was established, which is racial separation. Um, but also, it was also a system of labor exploitation and land grabbing and forced removal of Africans mm. from um, the places that they were living and working. Um, that part is often left out. It's mm. usually sometimes just seen as a, a racial segregation. Mm. But it was just as, a, just as Jim Crow was and just as racial segregation was in the United States, it was also um, economic exploitation was also an aspect of it. Mm. Um, so so um, South Africa has always, at least in the international imagination, um, in the, during the post-war period after 1948, been seen as this anti-racist, I mean, I mean, this racist state, right? And um, the people who were against it were seen as, you know, these vigorous, like, anti-racist activists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my interest in it was sort of like, how, why, why in 1970 and 1980 um, were so many people on the streets in the United States protesting South African apartheid? Um, like, why? why? What motivated so many people to be out there? So that's mm-hmm. kind of like how I, like, um, came, to the, came to the research question. Um, but I'm starting to realize that it's a lot more complicated. <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than just people protesting racism. People, in my research, I find that the same people who are protesting apartheid in South Africa are people who are protest- protesting police violence in their neighborhoods. Mm. Um, so a lot of their um, global struggles were linked to very real domestic concerns about the persistence of white supremacy mm. within the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... That's kind of like why I look at what I'd look at. Um, I think within the movie, though, it's so interesting. And I'm not sure. I was just about to jump to that, but I want to hear what you're going to say. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, let's talk about the But let me say one more thing before you get that movie thing. Well, not movie thing, but, you know, in the movie. So don't lose that thought. Uh I was going to say the movie deals with a lot of expectation. You love a lot of the natural elements, the natural and that's some of the symbolism in the film. Vibranium. Vibranium, right. Yes. And then and they had and in South Africa we talked about land, but there was also diamonds, correct? There was mm, also there was diamonds, there was gold. There was a lot, especially that the a lot heard they did they they damn near exterminated a whole tribe of, mm-hmm. of people up in the north the the northwest mm-hmm. of South Africa over diamonds, is that correct? Is that area what 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 group of what ethnic groups up there? Um there were there were quite a few genocides. Yeah. yeah. Um throughout throughout so, the entire history of South right. Africa, um, and there, there was—I mean, there, there were the uh, South Africa. The region is mm. so complex. Mm. Um, just looking at it and how it's changed over the course of a hundred centuries, I wouldn't be able to explain. No, it's okay. Here. But I want—I didn't want to take you away from what you're about to say about the movie, and you're kind yeah. of relating it back to your research in South so, Africa. So I don't know. Um, so. We sh- we should talk about how blackness was portrayed in the film, which I think we've we've you know mentioned a little bit, but we should definitely dig mm. deeper into that. But the way that whiteness is portrayed in the mm. film is interesting. Tell me. The only two I think I mean, there might be three white characters in the film that I remember. There's the white woman who gets murdered in the beginning mm-hmm. um, from drinking the coffee. And then there is, the, and she's British, I believe. Yeah, and then there's Claw, who's South African, the guy with the mm-hmm. one hand. That's right, the and then there's Claw, and, who's South African, mm-hmm. right? And, and he's this, like, uh... He's what, Africaner, isn't he? He's a, but he, he comes off as, like, uh, like a backward-looking, like, mm. 
like, really rough around the edges, like, South African, harsh-talking guy, juxtaposed with the very put-together CIA, or is he CIA, I think? I think he's CIA. But the U.S.-American guy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. let's think Mm -hmm. about how we're portraying different types of whiteness. South Mm -hmm. Africa historically has represented this, like, you know, this is the the height of racism in the world, Mm -hmm. like, kind of country. And you have a character who kind of, like, parallels that idea. And then you have this more civilized uh, white character who, like, represents a more refined type of, like, politics. But still but still looked at as a colonialist. That's still looked at as a colonialist. And who could be, who could be a colonialist? Who could be a racist? We don't know yet what's going to happen with him, right? right. We don't know if he's going to, like, you know, use all the knowledge that he's gained from being in Wakanda well, let, to... Let me, let me jump in yeah. for a second because... At the end of the day, this is a Marvel movie mm-hmm. with a Marvel legacy. So these characters, because I'm, I'm in the Marvel mm-hmm. <laughs> world yeah. via my husband, who loves Marvel yeah. and is on a Marvel show. Mm. So these characters have existed before yes. Black Panther. And Tell so they have, uh, yeah, so they have the guy, and I can't think of his name right now, who's a CI agent, has been in, you know, several movies as well as some of their TV shows. So we already, he's been identified in his character and his level of integrity has already been established. And so he's a good well guy. Uh, yes, yeah, he's a good guy. And you, think he's, you, always, you think he's a good guy, Aaron? Cause yeah, he's been a good guy. Um, or he proved we, that we know, somehow we later. Know him. Hmm? No, we know him. He's been that. He's or His character's been established. We know who he is. It's like us right now trying to debate Iron Man, is he going to turn? I mean, you know what I mean? He's been established in several movies already. We know who that character is. Do you we think know that who those character is. Do you think that him saving Wakanda in the end is consistent with his character um, throughout other Marvel films? Has he been like a hero, a savior? He has not been a hero, but he's been on the good team. He's, mm-hmm. been, he's been a good guy. He's been on the team that, uh, you know, true justice in American way sort of team. True justice That's hilarious. In American <laughs> way. It, it's so funny because it's so funny, uh, Aaron, because here's where, here, here's where uh, I'll give a little pushback. It, during the, it's funny watching the film and when they bring him to, to the, uh, they bring him to the lab and he's hurt. Black people are like, oh my God, you don't, you don't mess this whole thing up now, because because they just yeah, and and, and so the, in, in, I think at least from from what I remember and what I believe still believe, I still don't think he's a good guy. You know, I think that okay. I think that 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 he's kind of in a situation where, you know, he I think he realized at some point that at the end of the day he doesn't have a chance at the power that's really sort of against him. They, so he's, he's out, he, I mean, they, they portray him ultimately as an ally, you know? Mm-hmm, but I don't mm-hmm. think he would have been that if he didn't realize what he was up against. Right. Hmm, that's interesting. Know what I mean? So he'll go wherever the power is. I mean, he is, he's a CIA, he's a CIA agent. agent. So agent. we just have to, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the CIA in U.S. history has killed numerous Democratic leaders mm. in African countries mm. or been involved in conspiracies mm. against them. Mm. You know, Patrice Lumumba, I remember uh, Lumumba and Kuruma. Great movie, by the way, um, Lumumba. Oh, I have not seen that movie. Oh, that's good. Raul <laughs> Peck. Okay, go ahead. As well as overturning so many Democratic, I mean, the CIA um, <clears throat> overturned so many Democratic mm. um, revolutions in Latin America. Um, so... Yeah, so we should, I don't know, I think that, yeah, I think you're right in, in being skeptical of his character. 
um, because the agency that he works for um, has not been kind to people of color, to freedom or democracy. I guess I feel like we're taking, um, because I I understand the discussion on what the CIA has truly represented Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. real American life and real life for people in the world. But I think we're, let's get back a little bit to the make-believe movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in terms of black identity, and, and, and I do think it's a relevant topic to discuss uh, mm. how white people were seen, but I'm more interested in what was established with us. Mm-hmm. So what I saw, the themes that I thought um, came up for me, there were three different times in the film in three different ways, which they asked the question, who are you? which as we know speaks to identity and more specifically in this film, black identity. It's the first time when T'Challa is defending the throne at the beginning of the movie and his mother screams out to him, show them who you are when he's, you know, having that fight. And I think that that time, and she was asking, what are you made of? Show him your spirit, your will. The second time is when Killmonger comes into the palace and he's in handcuffs and, you know, he's really bellicose and it's ask me who I am, ask me who I am, Mm. which represented that, your bloodline, your legacy, what are you a part of? So that's that part of identity. Mm. And the last time is when T'Challa is at the end of the movie, he's in Oakland, mm-hmm. and the little kid comes up to him and says, who are you? Who are you? Which for me represented, who are you? What are you prepared to do because of who you are in my community? Mm. What are you prepared to give and what are you prepared to do? <laughs> and so the other times that I think identity came up is at the very beginning of the movie when they say we are home. And for me, that touched me because Mm -hmm. as an African-American, we've built our own culture here. We've Mm -hmm. built our own history and our own legacy here because we had to. Mm -hmm. But every other person who comes here as an immigrant has a language, has a country, something else. You know what I mean? They Mm -hmm. can't always fall back on. So when she says that, there was this sort of longing and and, an identity for me, but still something foreign, but still like a rest. I felt like, wow, we are home. And then the other time, and this is the last one, and you guys speak, (laughs) which is um, when he goes to visit his father in the astral plane, and he's having that conversation, and he feels bad about himself, and his father tells him, stand up, you are a king. And I felt like in that moment, it was something that we as a people needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And and I loved what it said about... um, black male fatherhood and mm. you know mm. to, a father to a son stand up you are a king okay so those are my black identity things you guys can jump in you have any thoughts you want me to have? no i mean i think that those are those are great observations i guess i um yeah i i definitely agree with you about um so like there's this there's this call and response going on there's this um you know you expressed it as a sense of longing um and then, and then being met with some kind of welcome, right? Um, we are mm-hmm. home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that that's going on. And I thought that that was echoed um, really nicely through the character of Killmonger when um, T'Challa, like, kills him. I mean, when they're fighting on the railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and <coughs> and this part got me. I was almost in tears. But, okay, like, tell us, tell but us. Killmonger... Uh, Killmonger's like dying or bleeding out or something, mm, and mm-hmm. um, he like says, you know, my father always told me that Wakanda had the best sunsets, mm. and mm-hmm. that moment got me because I felt like encapsulated there was kind of was that moment is that is that that feeling of dissonance, that feeling of being away or apart from from 
from who you really are, mm. from where mm -hmm. your culture was, the generations uh, or the ties that were severed, right? The ties that were broken through the slave trade, et cetera. So for Killmonger, he could only imagine what Wakandan sunsets were because mm. he grew up in the United States. Mm. And he's expressing to T'Challa, I'm here now, and I'm wondering if it's everything I ever imagined, right? And then T'Challa, you know, you know, is sympathetic and, and lets him see the sunset. Mm. Um, so I don't know. So that was a moment that really highlighted that dif that dissonance for me was when he was rem like when he was remembering and desiring to see what the African sunset looked like or what the Wakanda sunset looked like. That really speaks to the topic that you wanted to address, and I'd love to hear more about what you think about that, Amanda. Uh, which is black anger, the African American. I don't want to say versus African, but that like you say that dissonance, that feeling that because I think it also showed that he was because he had been in Wakanda for a few days. He was so fueled with anger and mm. rightfully mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and this is what was great because if you watch Marvel movies, mm -hmm. a lot of the bad guys are kind of, I don't want to say one dimensional, but maybe two dimensional at best. Mm -hmm. We don't understand where they're coming from. We do. We, we, un we comprehend, but we can't identify with it. This was the first quote unquote bad guy that we agreed with. His plight. We you got him, to You it, got him, it, Yeah, it, it was like, yes, <laughs> we agree. This should happen. It was just the way you were going about doing it. And so the fact that he had been in the country and been that angry and that consumed with anger, rightfully so, but still that he had never allowed himself to see a sunset until that moment mm -hmm. or even requested mm -hmm. to see one. But he never really the had the chance. Did he really have the chance? Mm -hmm. Well, he you know what? I felt like. And this is just, now I'm going into actor mode. When, um, <laughs> the character walks into when he, and, and I love how Ryan Cooler did it because at that moment, and, the and film, she's actually you really know, good actress. upside down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, was just, I, was just, I was just bigging you up. She's actually a really good actress. Oh, fabulous. She, she's been on things. She's been on things. I'll let her tell you. Okay, okay so when, when um, Killmonger walks into sort of the palace, you remember in the film, the, the, the screen is sort of upside down. So it's mm. just showing the world has been turned upside down. He's come in as a disruptor. Hmm. And for me, he gives that speech when they do the fight where he's like, I killed this person. I did this and all this to kill you, hmm. to get here. So his whole life has been about his anger and his hatred for what happened. You get into the palace. You don't even take it in. You've been, your father has told you about Wakanda for years. There's no moment that he takes mm -hmm. it in. Now, that's an acting choice, and I, I love the movie, love mm -hmm. what he did. But I'm saying that for me in that moment, I, I think it, I would have been looking out the window going, wow, still giving orders. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we're about to do this and, you know, uh, give our troops arms. Mm -hmm. But I would have taken in the beauty of Wakanda. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that he was kind of like blinded by his anger. Um, which was justified, as you say. Yeah, I think it gets that maybe that's like a a theme that about about healing, about needing to about about dealing with like the trauma of mm -hmm. of like this separation. But yeah, it might be a productive conversation to think about like, is this a source of healing that we need to like you know tackle within our communities and amongst ourselves as a people as a people who were severed from their past as a people who were enslaved as a people who were you know rape pillaged and plundered like is that something that we I mean, need to but i think many of us have that anger i and evan i really want to hear from you but I'm yeah no 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 no, no. <laughs> no i was about to say something I, go ahead no go ahead the, i woke up the next day after seeing black panther and this is silly i realized 
But I woke it's up not with silly, this Aaron. Fan- Nothing well, silly okay. here. I woke up with this fantasy mind. Now I feel like saying it out loud, I feel silly. But I woke up with this fantasy mind, like, what if they had come for us? What if <laughs> after we were taken to this wilderness as slaves, that they had come for us? That West, you know, just they had come and, and brought us back. Now that's, I know, that's, really. That's, no, that's, a, that's an amazing thought. I know, but it brought up so many feelings that I did not know were there mm-hmm. after seeing that movie. Because like mm-hmm. you said, it, it created this sort of, I think, dialogue that needs to happen between African-Americans and Africans if, you know, they want to. But it just, because there was a lot of anger because, and you know more about the history than me. What I've studied and what I've learned, and please tell me, I hope I'm wrong, but that <laughs> we sold each other into this. Um, uh, there were there were instances of that. Um, there, okay. there, there was yeah, uh, there were instances of that, but it wasn't okay, the only. Okay. So the there's only way. A, for me, there's an there's an anger, but I realized that after we got here, that they were you know victims of colonialism and, and rape and you know so many things. It's not like they could board ships and come back and get us. But I, I did have that fantasy when mm. I woke up in the morning. Well, I was just going to say that that dialogue, a little <laughs> bit of that dialogue also happens in that scene that I was discussing about the sunset right before that um, Kill, uh, T'Challa gives Killmonger a choice of, like, living in prison or dying. And he makes and, – and Killmonger responds with this reference to the Middle Passage, which says that, you know, I would – well, I took it as a reference to the Middle Passage and the enslaved people who actually jumped off the ship – and said mm. that they would rather die than be in bondage forever, which is exactly what kill, he said, of an iteration of that, that he would rather die than be in prison. Mm. What um, I thought was miraculous, or not miraculous, I'm sorry, what I thought was amazing about uh, that moment was until the very end, even until his death, he never identified with the Wakanda ends or, mm-hmm. or Africa. He always identified with the African-American struggle. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? 